0: Set us free. Set us free because uh, they uh, free to go back to their jobs and free to go eat out again. Uh, free to go do things that you haven't been able to do for a while. Free just to get out of the house. And some people are, are stuck that way. And, and it seems like the COVID-19 has held us captive now for a while. And people are eager to be free. I look at my calendar and Uh, Look back and see the events and the activities and the meetings that we had planned and scheduled that didn't take place. And I look to the month of May and I look at that and I wonder, will these meetings ever take place? Prayerfully, we'll be able to uh, join our seniors in their graduation here at school. Uh, We want to be free again. You know, there are lots of changes that have happened in my life that have caused some anxiety uh, because uh, I am bound now by certain things that I wasn't bound by before. i bound by a camera, and you look here, and you look there, and you don't, don't go there, you don't walk here, uh, you just kind of follow the rules, and, and we want to be free from the restrictions. I remember uh, probably a year ago or two years ago that I was driving on Sugarberry, heading home, and, and out, of the, out of the woods came a wolf. And I thought, oh, I mean, we're not far from town, and here this wolf is. And I pulled off to the side, rolled my window down, and just, uh, just sat there see how close the wolf would come before it would run off the other side of the road into the trees again. And as I watched it, it just walked right down the center of the road. just came right towards me. And he he walked past my mirror, and he looked in the window, and it was like saying, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Well, there's something different about this wolf. And it's uh, a symbol of the whole message that I have this morning. I don't know if you can see this, but this is a trap. Now, the thing that was different about that wolf was that he only had three feet. He had four legs, but just three feet. One of them, apparently, had been caught in a trap, maybe like this, maybe they're trying to trap something else, caught in the trap, and his desire to be free was so great That at least it appeared that he had chewed his foot off to get free. The message of the morning is freedom. Set me free. Set me free. How does this take place? I mean, we want freedom, but what we really want should be free to be free indeed. So I'd like you to turn to John chapter 8, verses 30 through 36. John 8, and just uh, you can listen to me as I read them. Jesus, it says, And he spake these words, and many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. Indeed, disciple means follower or student. And ye shall know the truth, And the truth shall set you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, in bondage to sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever." If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking that by the end of this message, we might recognize how to be free and recognize where the power of freedom comes from. Help us to recognize that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power that we now have, we can take part in, to be free indeed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we consider this freedom and the desire for freedom, I think we all want to be free. Uh, everybody wants, uh, you know, you ask somebody, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, I want to be independently wealthy. What does that mean? I want to be independent and I' wealthy enough to, to do that. Now, maybe that just means I want to be able to stay in mom and dad's basement and uh, be independent that way. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. I think we all want to be free, but we lose sight of what is that freedom? What does that mean? What does it look like? I want us to see that the source of true freedom or indeed freedom is the resurrected power or the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is important. Lots of people, though, and and maybe all of us at times, are held captive by pleasurable sins. They appear pleasurable. They are attractive for a season. Sin is sweet. It is like honey. And then we find out that it is not good. It holds us captive. I think of those that are held captive by drugs. It's attractive. They, they want to go to it or by sex or by pornography or, or by alcohol and they get held captive by these things or bitterness or anger or gossip or lying and deceit. All of these things that can hold us captive uh, and at times they are pleasurable or they help us but overall we're not free. And I think we want to be free, really free, free indeed. That's the promise of Easter. Jesus was freed from the grave so that we can be free from sin. And so as we look at this, realizing Jesus is alive. He's not a memory. He's not somebody from our history books. That uh, and Lately, we've had a lot of celebrities, maybe in quotes, that have died. At, uh, I remember or I read the, the meme, and you probably have as well, that says that 20 years ago we had Johnny Cash, we had Bob Hope, and we have, had Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Now we have no Cash, no Hope, and no Jobs. Please, please don't let Kevin Bacon die, you know. So uh, it's, it's great that Jesus is not a celebrity who is gone or who has died, or who will die. He is alive today, back from the grave, and prepared to give us freedom. Indeed, God's word says that it is true. Jesus is alive. Eyewitnesses said that it is true. Jesus is alive. The men and women who walked with Jesus and talked with him upon the earth and felt his touch and experienced his healing and wept at the cross, they spent the rest of their lives talking about what? Well, sometimes they talked about Jesus on the cross. That's true. Sometimes they, they preached in their messages that without the, uh, without the cross, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. Sometimes they preached how Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, and that He died on the cross for all of us. He paid it all. Sometimes they preached, and then we sang, "Jesus paid it all, all for Him, I, all to Him I owe." Sin had left a crimson stain; He washed it, white as snow. Yeah, that's that's true. Very important to have our sins forgiven. But what was the message? that was most controversial during their day? Well, the authorities, they didn't doubt that Jesus died on the cross. They thought they'd put him on the cross. Of course, we realize that it was God's plan. God put him there. Jesus himself went there willingly to the cross. So the authorities, they didn't put him to death. Jesus died for us intentionally under his power. So the the enemies of Jesus realized that he went to the cross. That didn't bother them. What made them violently opposed was the message of the resurrection. You read the messages through Acts that are preached, and you find out that they preached the resurrected Lord, the resurrected Jesus. Why? Because that's where the power to change us and the power to give us freedom came from. Uh, It wasn't the wood of the cross that became the stumbling block to the Jews. It was the stone of the tomb that had been rolled away because they didn't want to believe that Jesus was still alive. The rolled away stone proved that man couldn't defeat Jesus, that sin could not defeat Jesus, that death could not defeat Jesus. And so the tomb, the stone was rolled away. The resurrection is the key to the to what frees us today. Frees us from the traps, from the shackles. That we allow sin to get a hold of us and sometimes destroy us. Sometimes God has to take us home because we will not, we will not repent and we will not uh, begin to serve Him like His desire is. The resurrection frees us in at least five ways, and, and I'm just briefly going to mention these. The resurrection of Jesus frees his people from death. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection. Get that, resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though I were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The resurrection then frees us from death, his people, from the death. Now, the stone was rolled rolled away not to let Jesus out, was it? The stone was rolled away to let people in to see that Jesus is gone, just like he said. He's kept his promise. And so uh, the women that brought spices, they brought the spices to mask the scent or the stench of a decaying body, but there was no stench in Jesus' tomb. It was a new tomb, and Jesus didn't decompose. He came forth alive. There was no decay there, death lost. Now, we look at our own bodies, the older we get, we realize that our bodies are dying. I don't care. I mean, this body's going to die. I don't care, uh, it wasn't yesterday, but the Saturday, last Saturday, that we had a long run, some of us running together, and we stopped at the vehicles part way through, and uh, got uh, drank, uh, and took some energy drinks, and I put an energy chew in my mouth, and began to chew that, and then I realized something wasn't right, and uh, I spit out a tooth, pulled out by the energy, and my, my body is decaying, but I don't care. I'm going to get a new body, one like Jesus Christ. Oh, it's going, to be, it's going to be great. One that will last for eternity, won't wear out like this one does. The resurrection pre- uh, frees us from death, eternal death. And I'm looking forward to that. The second thing that resurrection does, it... Uh, it freed, freed all of his promises. Now, there are promises all through Scripture. I mean, it, the promises start in Genesis, and they, and they finish in Revelation. All through these books, the book of the Bible, and all the, the authors wrote about the promises of, of God. And Genesis 3.15, the promise of a Redeemer. The promise of a a rescuer through scriptures. The promise of a Messiah that was going to come. A a promise of a substitute sacrifice that would be made. And uh, their hope beyond the grave rested upon these promises. Uh, For all the Old Testament saints rested upon the promises of Christ that someday they would live again. And the resurrection proved that his promises are true. There is eternal life. There there will be eternal life for all of us. We right now have eternal life. Although we will have to step through a door called death, we have eternal life. In Acts chapter 10, Peter preaches, and he talks about how the prophets of old have proclaimed this, and that God does the impossible and resurrects his son, Jesus Christ. He defeats death. And he's going to restore all the things in this world that are broken. And believe me, there are a lot of broken things in this world. The last couple of years, it's just been, uh, just been a deluge of broken things in this world. Uh, realizing that childbirth is broken now. I'm not saying that you can't have children anymore. Because we had our, our just Monday evening, we had our newest grandchild little granddaughter Claire and uh, right now Claire is is watching me preach hi Claire this is this is Papa now Claire is sleeping just like the rest of you guys out there sleeping but uh, a new granddaughter but I I asked Siri well I didn't Siri no longer talks to me I offended her some way I asked Sarah to talk to Siri and so Sarah asked Siri, how many babies are aborted every day? Now, Siri answered her, and I, we keep track of numbers, you know, as uh, how many in Crow Wing County are affected with uh, COVID, how many have died, how many have died in the state of Minnesota, how many have died in the in, uh, United States, how many have died in, in Spain, how many died in Italy, how many died in, in China, and so uh, of COVID-19, and we oh, when we hear the numbers. oh, and it is sad. It's really sad. But how many little people died in, uh, uh, from abortion in one day? Now you'll have to blame Siri, but this is the number she gave me, gave Sarah 125. 1,000 little people every day, 12 million a year. That's, that's a tragedy. That's a broken world. Um, marriage is broken. It's as far away from biblical marriage or God-designed marriage as, as I think could possibly. You know, they're going to find ways to even go further, more terrible But uh, marriage is broken today. Uh, You can marry whatever you want, and you call it marriage. It isn't real real marriage at all. I'm thankful for the young people in our church that are going to get married this spring, and they're doing it God's way. It's too bad that it takes believers following God's plan to, to do something that is different today, and that's to actually uh, one man and one woman, making a commitment before God, and if we could, before witnesses, maybe FaceTime witnesses, and, and making a commitment to God and to each other to, to uh, live with each other, serve God together for the rest of their lives. And that's, that's becoming strange. Why? Because we live in a broken world. The resurrection promise that someday this broken world is going to be fixed. Gender is broken. You know, they call it fluid. It's runny. Uh, Who likes runny stuff? And yet, whatever you feel like, you can be that. You can put it on your driver's license. You can do whatever you want. The world is broken. But Easter is a reminder, and the resurrection of Christ is a reminder that Christ came forth from the grave, and he is going to be the Messiah that will fix a broken world. Someday, that's going to happen. The broken will be fixed. The captives will be set free because of the resurrection. Uh, Peter heals the lame man there in Jerusalem, and he is able to get up. He's been lame from birth. He's able to get up, and he, and he jumps, and he leaps, and, and he praises God, and the authorities were upset, and Peter preaches to them And tells them, they confront him, they're going to want to put him in prison. And uh, the officials are annoyed because T- uh, Peter, Peter begins to preach that Jesus, the one whom God raised from the dead, the resurrection, that's what annoyed them. Jesus, the one that God raised from the dead, healed this man, and that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's this resurrected Savior, and that upset them. So uh, the resurrection frees his people from death. It frees his promises to take care of a broken world. It uh, frees us from eternal penalties. And for God to be a holy God, sin has to be judged. That's all there is to it. You can't just arbitrarily say, okay, he's a pretty good person. He can go, and, and this is a terrible person, so he's going to go to hell. No, justice, that wouldn't be justice at all. Sin has to be paid for, and the wage of sin is death. And so when God raised Jesus from the dead, he was declaring that the punishment of the repentant, which is me and hopefully you, was paid for on the cross. That's what the the empty tomb declares. It was satisfactory to God, uh, this payment that Christ made for our sin. the punishment for the unrepentant is sobering because Scripture says they will pay for their own sin with an eternity in a literal hell. That's why I'm so thankful for Romans 8, 1, where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation to those in Christ Jesus, to those who uh, follow after and follow not after the ways of the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so no condemnation. I appreciate that. And number four, the resurrection frees people all over the world, not just the Jews that uh, that come, came to know Jesus Christ, or do. But all around the world, not just frees them from their sin, but frees them, uh, tears the barriers down. Ephesians talks about that, the barriers between Jew and Gentile, uh, between a, uh, bond or slave and a free person. It tears those bonds ba- uh, down. The resurrection of Jesus Christ did that. Paul preaches in Acts 26. He said the prophets and Moses uh, declared that Christ must suffer. And then by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light or life both to our people, the Jews, and to the Gentiles, is what Paul is saying. From every tribe and every nation. So we become friends in this huge family that have repented of their sin. They become children of God. They are in Christ. And so now we have friendships with them, even though we cannot speak their language. Cindy and I have been able to, to go to some mission fields, and we have formed friendships and bonds with people that could not speak English, and we could not speak their language. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, the, those bonds have been taken away. Free in Christ, free indeed. Number five, the resurrection of Jesus Christ frees all of God's plans. We know all of God's plans are good, even though they might not feel good. COVID-19. I wonder how many people come to know Jesus Christ in Peru because of COVID-19. I wonder how many people uh, come to know Jesus Christ in uh, Brainerd and Baxter because of COVID-19. It would be interesting to know those that gain life, eternal life, because of something that seems bad, something that we're praying will end. And I hope that it does. But there could be many that come to know Christ because of this. It frees all of God's plans. It will set us free. Um, over the God is sovereign over the worst... Uh, uh, Diseases or viruses or tornadoes in southern the United States or hurricanes, He is sovereign. Now, we don't always see that because we're so busy looking at the, the disasters, the devastations. And I know maybe you saw that headline in the newspaper of a preacher that was standing there saying, God is greater than COVID 19. And then I I believe they ran the story because that man got, that preacher got COVID 19 and he died. And I think the point of the story is see, God is not more powerful than COVID 19. There is no God, I believe. That's probably the point of the story. The point of the story should not be that God is so powerful, he can make us all healthy. He can keep us all well. He can provide for us everything we want. He's going to provide for us all the ease and pleasures because we are in Jesus Christ. That is not God's plan for us. God's plan is to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And even though it might involve a lot of pain, which it will, and a lot of stress, which it can, a lot of suffering which often happens, is still God's plan. He is sovereign. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he is in charge. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. The power to free us from sin, from death. Free his promises to take place. Free us from eternal uh, penalties. Free people all around the world and set his plans free. What's so important about the resurrection? It's demonstra- demonstrated in the power to set us free. If the Son, therefore, shall set you free, ye shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, I don't know how many listening to me, have never placed their faith in you. My prayer is that they might do that right now, that they might call on the name of the Lord, say, Father, forgive me. Remove my sin. Thank you for the work of the cross uh, that Jesus did on the cross. I, I believe that he died for me. So, Lord, I pray that they might pray that right now and join the family of God, be set free, and free indeed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.